Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Vauvet with another episode of the Yacking Show Business Channel. This is a show where we bring you actionable business tips and ideas from experts in their field to help you navigate the interesting times we are looking at ahead. And we do that with our interesting guests. Today will be no exception. Fascinating guests for you today. But first, let's introduce Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you. And thank you also very much for tuning in to our show. We so appreciate having you. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. We have the great pleasure of welcoming David Petrovay to the show. David is a business coach that helps professionals professionals live their purpose and an employment strategist who holds three master's degrees, as well as a PhD in philosophy and education. So welcome, David. And uh, straight out of the gate, what advice would you have for the tens of thousands of people recently let go from the tech industries? Well, I think like any position where you're no longer working, mm-hmm. you want to ask yourself, is the work that I've been doing what I want to continue to do? Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. I think right now we're in a period of reevaluation for everyone. Mm-hmm. So people who are have been let go can use this as an opportunity. And so asking themselves, what do I want to do next? If I want to stay in what I'm doing, what do those opportunities look like? You know, where knowing what your strengths are. And how you can move forward with those, Kathleen, is important. I think that with the idea of the high tech, uh, it's very interesting. A number of years ago, I attended a presentation on the various times in history where certain cultures just thrived. And we were recently in the one that had to do with high tech. Mm -hmm. So as you know, these periods in time have beginnings and ends. So we may be looking at a natural end waiting for a new beginning. Mm -hmm. So this is, you know, again, think about what it is that you really love to do in life Mm -hmm. and then ask yourself, where can I do it? If it's in high tech, where is high tech moving? And it could be, for instance, in the area of artificial intelligence in robotics. So what is the future of whatever industry you're in? Because I think that many times we only think of the present. So where Mm -hmm. can I get a job right now? And for many people, that's valid because Mm -hmm. they need to make a living. Right. But beyond that, thinking about where's my industry going? Mm -hmm. Is, Is it going to continue to be what was Or are there new avenues that I can be exploring where I can be a pioneer in the field, where I can be, you know, in the ground level with where this might be going? So it's really talking to others and getting their sense of where this might be headed. So it's never about Mm -hmm. doors being closed. It's about what do you do to open new doors? Okay. New doors. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. So my my quandary, we're seeing thousands of people laid off, as we've just been saying, in the tech industry, and yet at the, in the service industries, and I, I use the example of coffee chains in, in Ontario, 
Tim Hortons being the main one, every, every franchise I drive past, they're hiring people. And many of them have got notices in the shop saying, please be patient, we're short of staff. And I drive past auto dealers and they're looking for mechanics. And, and there seems to be a huge number of jobs at that level that, that there's just not enough people to fill. So why do we have this sort of almost opposite sides of the same problem? Well, again, I think what we're experiencing, and I travel throughout the world, I just mm-hmm. turned from Paris, they're dealing with the same issues. I talk to friends that live in Australia, they're dealing with the same issues. Right. So this is a global concern about how do we fill positions? We have the workforce, okay? It's mm. not like we don't have enough individuals what is happening that they're not applying for these positions? And I wish I had the answers in everyone. And Kathleen? I, I think it? I have a theory, but correct okay, me, go ahead. You, you know, please chime in. But, you know, when we saw three years of lockdowns and restrictions, I think people really started to, I don't know, go in and just analyze their entire life and realize that maybe they weren't they were dissatisfied with their careers and they wanted to there's there's been an upsurge in in entrepreneurship out there so maybe it's they're reevaluating their life and realizing that they don't want these menial jobs they want something different and they want to work for themselves Am, am i off track here or Well, I think what you're doing, Kathleen, is providing a piece of this, Mm -hmm. because that's certainly an explanation of where many people are. They stepped away from, you know, going to the brick and mortar Mm -hmm. company. And now, oh, I can work from home. Um, I don't have to worry about a one hour, one hour and a half commute Mm -mm. to and from work. I roll out of bed. And in some cases, I can stay in my pajamas and still do my work. Now, that's one piece of it. Another question is, so while people may be in this reevaluation period, what are they doing to pay their bills? Mm -hmm. You know, because you still have to, you know, either pay your rent or a mortgage. You have to put food on the table. And where is that coming from? And that's a question that many people are asking. How are these people making a living? So there, there is this almost invisible part of the population of the world that's still functioning and the question is how are they doing it so i suppose mm-hmm. if we pull mm-hmm. these people together and question that you know are they living on ramen noodles just to make it through the day or you know i i, I don't know about where you are in canada but where we are here in oregon food prices are mm-hmm. just going through yep. the roof oh here too same with us same with yes. us and again, you know, we just came from Paris where we went to a restaurant and they charged us five euros for a pat of butter. <gasps> wow. Oh, I know. Wow, 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 wow. It was a, and crazy. I kept looking at it and I thought, oh, it was just a pat of butter. And there it was on the bill. Wow. wow, wow, wow so wow. again, you know, how are people who are not making a living where they can support themselves, how are they doing that? So I think that this is a a critical issue that we really need to be paying closer attention to because we're not hearing those answers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So here's a a follow-up that I I know a couple of guys who've got um, their own auto workshops and 
employ other people. And I know a guy who's a plumber and he said, a plumber can walk in and work for me and he will earn a hundred thousand dollars a year straight off with very little overtime. Now that puts him in the same category as, as lower to middle level office workers, right? Right. So, so my question to you is, do you think we'll see a resurgence of the apprenticeship system where instead of going to college and incurring huge amounts of debt, you start earning from the day you start learning. So, you know, the, the, I, there's all sorts of different terms. You do pot at a community college or a technicon, and then you work. So you're earning money right from the start. Do, do you think we'll see a resurgence of that? We may. And I think what that involves, Peter, is a change in mindset. Yes. Because up until now, it's been, well, you go to a college or university, you earn a degree, and that's going to ensure that you make a certain income. Mm -hmm. And there is a certain amount of prestige attached to having sure. a college education. Now there's a shift. First of all, it at least in this country, it's student debt. Oh, yeah. yep. you know, what it costs a person to do a four-year education, not even considering when they go on for advanced degrees. You know, people who are doctors and mm -hmm. what they incurred in terms of costs and debt. Yep. So if you're not being guaranteed that, you know, six, seven figure salary, is it really worth it? You know, mm -hmm. and I know that uh, in the work that I do, we look at what people's education was in terms of what they majored in. Is that the work that you're doing today? For me, mm -hmm. the answer is no. Right. And I was in a, a conference with about two to 300 other career counselors. And the person giving the keynote speech asked, how many of you, when you started college, knew that today you would be a career counselor? Three hands mm -hmm. went up. Mm -hmm. That was all. Three, Three hands went up. Yeah. Three hands yeah. went up. Yeah. Everybody yeah. else started out doing something else. And I hear this yep. constantly as I work with clients. No, this was my major. It's not the work I'm doing now. And that's very, very common. So right. if we know that to be the case, we have to ask, what is the value of going to a four-year college where you're sure. not necessarily going to be doing what you studied? You certainly pick up skills when you go to college. Oh, yes. and, I, and I think m much of what college is about is creating a network sure mm -hmm. that's a big part of it okay right. and you'll you'll know these people for the rest of your life and you'll help one another mm -hmm. but that happens everywhere right it doesn't have to happen yes. just college right so so how is your approach different from the hundreds of other career coaches out there david that's a great question kathleen because unless i actually had worked with the other coaches to know what their approach is, I can only go with how I work with people. Okay. So mm -hmm. for me, it's really about developing a trusting relationship. So I don't go in as I'm the expert and I'm here to fix your life. What I'm here to do as a career coach and counselor is I need to be a really good listener. I need mm -hmm. to know what you're here to accomplish. Right. That these are your goals. And I'm not here to force you to accomplish them. I'm here to support you in that. And by the way, if those goals should change as the result of our work, 
then we go from there. So it's really meeting the client where they are. Also with my degree in counseling, uh, what helps there is the emotional side of this. And mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit more about that when I discuss my book, mm-hmm. that it's not unusual for my clients to cry when they work with me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I just worked with a client who was talking about uh, an experience she had with a supervisor and that uh, when the supervisor called her on something, she went into the other room and it took her a half an hour to compose herself. And I asked her, how did you, you know, how old were you when you remember feeling that way? And she looked back and said, I was seven. Mm Mm-hmm and talked about that experience. And I said, what happens is you tap into an earlier event that first caused this. Uh, And then we talk about how it affects their, their work today because they need to work through whatever that issue was. So I give them some techniques to use that are very effective and they use them and they say, whoa, my life is really different in how I'm approaching my work and what I do as a result of it. So again, it's having that combination. The other thing that works for me that is different from other coaches and counselors is my years of experience. Mm -hmm. I find that being older, there's very little that I haven't gone through in my life that, that I can relate to what they're going through. And if I if I was, let's say, um, working in physics, I wouldn't have that experience because it's not something that I had success with in life. I can talk about my frustrations mm-hmm. in studying physics in high school, but that's about it. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, age and people always talk about, yes, but I'm too old for. No, your age can be your greatest mm-hmm. if you let it. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Oh, I agree. hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. David, you're a certified Myers-Briggs specialist. So yes. I've done many of those similar sort of tests. And I, uh, how valuable are these for, for people when they're looking at what they should be doing and moving ahead? So you use a, a four-letter word that's critical in our discussion, test. It's not a test. There are no right or wrong answers. Right. Okay. It's an assessment. It's a tool. It's simply a tool. Okay. And like any tool, it's how you use it. And so uh, when I have clients come with their Myers-Briggs four-letter code, we talk about it. And first thing I need to do is validate it. I ask them, when did you take it? Did someone sit down with you and go over your results? to make sure that they were accurate. And in many cases, they're not. There there may be one, even two letters that because they were so close in their scores, they actually say, well, I'm more like this other dichotomy than the other. Mm -hmm. And so I have a number of ways of validating that. And then we use that again, as you were saying, Peter, as a tool. So mm-hmm. for me, it's not the only way that someone identifies what they're here to do in life. You have your personality type. You mm-hmm. have your interests. You have your mm-hmm. values. You have your skills. So we look at all of these 
and we create a profile based on that. And when I use the Myers-Briggs, I can say to them, well, this is typical for someone with this type. How much of this describes you? I've never had a person who said it's 100%. You know, we'll get maybe 80%. That's a pretty good match. Mm -hmm. So we talk about, okay, this is what describes you. How have you experienced that in your work and personal life? And that's another way of validating. And in these others that don't fit, what's been your experience there? So it's really the basis for a conversation Mm -hmm. that helps them to understand where usually it's them getting ahas from it. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mm -hmm. that makes sense now as to why that didn't work for me. Right. Yeah. And, And there are certain personality types that are certainly foreign to me. Because it's now I, not how I function in the world. Mm-hmm. So I have to listen to what their type is, validate it, and then it becomes the basis for a deep discussion on, well, you know, with any type, you can pretty much do any type of work. It's the the slant that you have on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. for instance, with a doctor, they might be, if you take a look at letters like well, I'm an ISTJ. Well, there are ENFPs that are doctors. And mm-hmm. again, that affects how they approach their work. Some of them say, well, as a result of that, I may be a better um, diagnostician yes. than I am, a, you know, an actual practitioner. Or I may be the person who says, ooh, I need to go into research with this because that's really where my interests and my skills are attached to this right right yeah so it's really yeah. a holistic approach right very yeah good explanation good yeah. explanation for that yeah very good so, thank you for that david you've written three books tell yes. us about those books and how do people get them all right so i have to tell people when we're talking about reinventing yourself or tapping into some potential that you didn't even know exist i never saw myself as a writer In fact, when I was in college, I was told I had poor writing skills. (laughs) Folks, do not let what someone else's opinion of you is drive what you do. It's all about you. So not that many years ago, I decided it's time to write a book. Oh, my. Okay, take a deep breath because I'm more of an extrovert than an introvert. I like talking, as you can tell, more than I do writing. But I was getting enough information from the people I was working with through my workshops. I thought, this needs to be a book to reach out to many more people. So my first book, which is actually um, going through a relaunch right now, a new title, some new content. It is now going to be called, when it's launched, Out of Work, Not Out of Worth, Navigating the Emotional Side of Job Loss. Mm-hmm. So this is not about how you write the perfect resume, how you interview. It's if you were an introvert, it would be the perfect book for you. Very introspective. Okay. What are my strengths? Um, What are my goals in life? And it covers five different areas that people typically deal with in terms of a job search. Their self-confidence, their perseverance, their acceptance their resilience, and their commitment. And so within each of these sections, I include exercises. 
for people mm -hmm. to work on. And then there is an accompanying workbook that expands on the content of the first book I wrote. Okay. And then the third book is actually a journal. And it is for people who are looking at the spiritual side of life. Um, if these are people who believe that what you think is what you get, literally, um, that it talks about what happens when you have an idea. So when you began this podcast, it didn't begin with you doing what you're doing at the moment. It began with an idea, no. right? right? Mm -hmm. So you, everything starts with an idea. Right. And then it moves into actualization through various stages. Mm -hmm. So I have um, daily readings for people, one paragraph, and each of them ends with a thought-provoking question that they write their response to. And you don't do it in chronological order. Uh, I find it works best when I work with people to just open it up at random. And whatever the reading is, the person says, well, that was perfect for today. So that's mm -hmm. called, that's right. called ponderings. And that one is ready to go. People can buy that on Amazon. By the way, I'm in the process of co-authoring a fourth book. Oh, good for you. Once oh, the, great. Yeah, once the writing bug, you know, does its thing, it's like, oh, this really isn't so hard. It's a lot of work. But when you write mm -hmm. about what you're passionate about, it's not work. So we're we're writing a new book that will be coming out. And it's on how to deal with being stuck. So our current title, wow. the, the current title is, and that will be available to people when it's finished, I'm stuck and it sucks. Someone said, oh, I love that title because when you're stuck, it sucks. So we take them through yeah, a, good five stage, a five step process of how to move from where you're stuck to getting to a positive outcome. Great. So, hmm. Yeah. So that Excellent. Would be the fourth one. So again, for people, don't limit yourself by what others tell you. Mm -hmm. It's simply yeah. their take on what it would be like for them if they were in your shoes. For sure, for sure. sure. I, I, I've got to reinforce that one with my my little music story that Kathleen's heard many times, but you might find interesting. When I was twelve, I was in the British school system, but in in Africa, um, when in in my generation, teachers were not as sensitive as they are today, and I was told by a music teacher that I was absolutely useless, would never play an instrument, never be able to sing or read music, and I believed that for fifty years. Right? I I, hmm. I was convinced I was useless. Until I needed a big goal after a heart attack and I didn't want to run any more marathons. So I went out and bought a guitar and got on the internet and I learned to read music and play the guitar. Not good, but I can do it. So exactly what you say. Um, if you listen to other people when you're young the wrong way, it can uh, destroy all parts of your life. So very important message there, David. Thank you. So the next thing I wanted to ask you is your opinion on artificial intelligence. And in particular, how much anxiety is that? Is the the threat, as many perceive it, of artificial intelligence causing office and creative workers. Okay, Peter, a... I'm going to take you back to your four-letter word, tool. Yep, tool. Artificial uh, intelligence is a tool, okay? Sure. Not a replacement. So do I use, you know, artificial intelligence to in my work? Yes. The last time I used it was yesterday. So I discovered this, and I'm going to give a plug to it, uh, ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. So I go on to chat GPT and I type in what I'm looking for. And one of them was a section that I wanted to include in my relaunch at the end of the book. And I thought, do you know how long it would take me to put this together? I just posed the question to chat GPT. And in a matter of seconds, this beautiful 30 day challenge is created. Now I did go back and edit it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So again, it was a tool. It to me, it is a great time saver. Okay. Would I use it to write a book for me? No, no, I would not. I I could use the, the thoughts that are generated, but then I have to make them my own thoughts. So I think that because artificial intelligence is the new kid on the block, Mm -hmm. it's it's not unusual for people to approach it with fear. Why? It's an unknown. And that's the way we, yeah, that's the way we look at unknowns is, oh, what's this going to do? What, how might it affect my life? Well, depending on how you use it. So I think that, you know, Mm -hmm. the whole idea of artificial intelligence, again, we have to understand at this point who's in control of what that looks like. Right. Because there are some people who believe that it can get out of control. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. it's it's the tail wagging the dog. And again, as humans, we need to be mindful of that and how it's being used. Right. Absolutely. No, and I, and I agree with you 100%. Kathleen and I both use ChatGPT as well um, to help generate content, but we edit everything to put our own voice and tone to it. But as you say, it's a tool that saves us a huge amount of time, and we're, we're quite happy with that. Mm-hmm. also have my reservations about in, in the hands of people with malevolent ideas that could be dangerous, but um, so could a lot of other things like nuclear bombs. And a few I, yes, I just had that thought, Peter, <laughs> but yeah, think about everything that's created. Yep. It's the creation itself is neutral, right? Yes, absolutely. It's how right. we use it that becomes either positive or negative. Or negative. No, you're right. Absolutely. Right. But, but I, uh, and I think there's been so much hype, especially since ChatGPT came out in November. There's been so much hype. This is why so many people can't look beyond the threat and see see the opportunity of the tool. It just we get a lot of feedback. The people, many people, are really worried that they're going to lose their jobs over it right. because they can't see beyond what you've just been saying. Right. Great, thanks, yeah. David. So, well, the other, I was just going to say, Peter. The other thing is, we need to think about where we are in our evolution on the planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most likely, everything we've been talking about up to this point is part of where we are in that evolution. I think what's happening mm-hmm. on all levels, education, government, you, agriculture, you name it, we're going through a major shift right now. And what's mm-hmm. unusual is in the past, those shifts rarely occurred simultaneously. For whatever right. reason, right now, it's all come together. Yeah. And so we're experiencing it. We also have with social media, everything's happening in real time. We don't have yes. to wait for months to get information about how something is affecting us. We know in a moment what's going That's on. Right. And That's so right. we're in a way we're overwhelmed with information about mm-hmm. what that is. Right. Mm-hmm. And as I, you know, was saying earlier, we don't have a crystal ball mm-hmm. as no. to where this is <clears throat> where this is going to go. 
-hmm. And again, it's just like chat GPT or any other artificial intelligence. We fear the unknown in many cases rather than it. Yeah. I think there's something else. Sorry. I'm going to throw in too that we are perhaps going out of, but we've been enduring or enjoying a long period of affluence and peace on a a global scale. I mean, I know that there are are, uh, conflicts all over the place, but compared to World War II and the financial constraints after World War II, we've had the longest period of peace and affluence that the world has ever seen. And that has given people a lot more time on their hands to worry about the things we're talking about, right? People no longer have to spend most of their day just surviving and earning a living. So I think throw that into the mix and, and yeah, and what you're saying is all too true. I could go on, but let me go back to Kathleen before I talk (laughs) too much. Yes, because we are running short on time here. But I wanted to ask you, because you're doing both career counseling and career coaching, can you tell us what the difference is? Well, the way I look at them, Kathleen, and other people may look at them differently, is when I'm doing career counseling, this is with individuals who are saying to me, I don't know what it is that I want to do next. Mm -hmm. So they're in a period of exploration. Okay, so there's where we use, we tend to be using the Mm -hmm. Myers-Briggs inventories, all of that, and to clarify a direction. Because, you know, we're talking about being stuck. They're stuck at that point. Mm -hmm. And they need something to move them forward. So that's where the career counseling comes in. It can also be related somewhat to preparation for what that job would be. So we do mock interviews. We review their resume and I teach them how to customize it for positions for which they're applying. With the career coaching, the difference there is all of those clients for me are already working. They have positions that they're happy with, they're growing, and the growth is the critical point for them. So they're saying, how do I build my skills in order to be a candidate for a promotion? Um, I'm Mm -hmm. dealing with a difficult client So help guide me through the process of what strategies I can use in dealing with them. So that's where actually Mm -hmm. the Myers-Briggs comes in handy because we'll talk about their type and the potential type of the other person. And it would be wonderful if we all understood one another, but it might be that their type and your type, you know, are at loggerheads at times. So what are some ways in which you can deal with that? And when they do, they come back and say, well, I tried it. And guess what? It worked. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, So that's mm -hmm. the coaching. And also with the coaching, it's them giving me feedback and practicing. Mm -hmm. So they may may practice, you know, what they're going to say to some individual that they're working with. Right. So that for me, those are the differences between exploration. Actually, it would be exploration and application. Okay. Yeah. No, very good distinction. Tell me, I go way, way back when I first got into the corporate world and I was unsure of my direction. I went to see, he was called an industrial psychologist. Would that be in today's terms a career counselor more? Could be. So basically you're looking for an individual who can help guide you in your career. And by the way, your job that you have now is not your career. Your career is the sum total of all the work you've ever done. What you do is change occupations and fields 
within that career. Within that I career, yeah. important for people to understand. Sure. Sure. No, very good. We are getting short on time, but I've got to ask you my burning question, David. So you've dealt with thousands of people, mostly successful, but some probably not so much. So in your experience, is there a single characteristic or, or mindset or habit that, that differentiates those who become successful business leaders from those who remain average and never really get out of the rut? Is there one thing or is it more complicated? Well, actually, when you ask that question, Peter, if you look at those five topics that I talk about in the book that is going mm-hmm. to be launched, it's people who have self-confidence. Yeah. They persevere. Yeah. They accept what is and less about what was. You can't change that. They're resilient. So when things don't work out the way they would like, it doesn't stop them in their tracks. Right. And finally, they're committed to their future. Yes. Yes, and yes. I find that that's what separates those who are successful from those who struggle. Mm-hmm. No, very yes. good, very good, very good answer. And I've got to tell you that we asked that we've asked that question probably over two hundred times now, and yep. not not once has anyone said go get an MBA or a better degree or uh, it's education. all yeah around what you're saying. Curiosity is another big one that gets thrown in quite a lot, mm-hmm. but. Essentially, those five you've given us. Thank you very much yes, for that. Thank you. And David, how do people contact you? Well, um, I'm here in the U.S., so you know I'm certainly available to people across the globe, especially with technology today. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not confined to face to face, which I used to do mostly. Mm-hmm. So they can first of all learn more about me by visiting my website, which is davidpetrovaycoaching.com. And then my email, very simple, davidpetrovay at gmail.com. Great. And I'm also on LinkedIn. And I'm in the process of building that whole platform of making information available to people. So um, any of those are ways that people can get in touch with me. Great. And for our audio listeners, all that information is in the description on whatever platform you are listening to this on, and it's on our website. Thank you. For me, thank you, David. Back to Kathleen. All right. Thank you so much again, David, for being on the show. And thank you for tuning into our show. We so appreciated having you. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, we invite you to visit our website at theyackingshow.com where you will find uh, the contacts tab. All you need to do is click on that contacts tab where you will find a short application form and we'd love to hear from you. So until next time, take care everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.